Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Today, my guest is Jane DeForest, who is a visual artist, psychic intuitive, and motivational speaker. We are in times of a lot of change happening all over the world. And some of the things that you deal with, love, illness, career, job changes, deep loss, these are things that we're all experiencing. I'm wondering if you would talk a little bit about how you work with people to bring clarity to some of these big life challenges that we're all facing at the moment. Yeah, sure. Thank you. And thank you so much for um, allowing me to be here. I'm really happy to be here. Um, yeah, so um, from my own uh, shamanic training, I understand that all um, illness starts in the subtle realms. Uh, and from the subtle realms, I can see what's going on with people um, emotionally and uh, what ancestors are there, what their spiritual allies are doing if they're in alignment with their own spiritual guidance. So I start with the subtle realm and how I access that is through my own um, intuitive, natural intuitive ability, how I've been trained both in a shamanic way and with a remote viewing, which is a technical term. It's a it's a whole technique. Um, and a technique that I've created myself, which is using my artwork. And I use my artwork to draw what I visually see hear, know, uh, intuit. So there's many different types of intuition. Um, and I, and I document that on a drawing when I'm with a client as well. My hand seems to draw things. And I notice that this is something I can teach to people. So it seems that it's a, a skill we have that we sort of leak intuitive information. Um, the Freudian slip might be a, an excellent way to explain that. Um, so I draw, and when I draw, the drawing informs me. So I it, and it's very accurate. When I do a reading with someone, I'm looking for accuracy. So I'd like to be within 80 to 95% accurate when I'm working with a client. I spend the first several minutes uh, ascertaining whether I've achieved that or not. The client determines it. And uh, if I can't achieve that, I'll say thank you very much and give them their money back. I don't know too many people that do that. It takes a certain um, amount of guts to put myself on the line every single time. Um, I don't, I, I, I mostly can see people once in a while. I, I can't, and there's different reasons for that. And frankly, sometimes I don't want to. Um, I, I'm merging my consciousness with people, so sometimes, uh, but most of the time everybody's lovely and people are on their spiritual path. In, um, in different stages of searching. So really, it's an honor uh, for me to be able to work with people, to be able to see their ancestors on the other side, to be able to communicate with their animals, um, to be able to illuminate the path for them. Um, I have had several near-death type experiences, so I'm pretty clear that my um, karma is affected by everything I do. So I'm very careful about uh, making sure that I'm my intentions are the, the very finest and that I'm really helping people so 
Um, that's the that's the gist of uh, of how I work with my uh, my personal ability. Um, and then I, I teach people how to access their own intuitive skills. So it's fascinating that you have developed. It sounds like your own creative methodology of you know for fusing um, shamanic journeying with um, maybe an intuitive reading, and then also using art to to present that or to bring that through as well as, as words. I'm wondering how did, is that an accurate representation of, of, of what you're describing of how you, you work? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yes. Well done. So I'm just curious, what, how did you come upon this? I mean, that's not part of a more shamanic, path, mm -hmm. um, you know, traditional training where oftentimes you, you do a formal, journey involving you know drum beats and you know something at least that's what what i understand is a more traditional version of shamanic journey but it sounds like you're doing that through images so yeah. my question is how did you come upon this this methodology how did you develop it yeah thank you for asking um i don't get this question very often and it's fun to answer so two ways um, one was through being an artist, and I spent many years being a professional artist, um, painting both my own work and murals. And the other um, way that I came to this was through remote viewing, which was created by um, a, uh, a, a very important American psychic whose name is Ingo Swan. And his, he was an artist too. So I've read most everything that he's written and I consider him, although I never met him in a way, my own teacher, because I, I do look to him for guidance, even though he's in spirit. Um, but as an artist, I found that it was, um, I was able to achieve a meditative state of consciousness, separating from my analytical mind and entering a place, accessing a place that is um, uh, losing uh, the individual self, so being nobody, but connecting to something greater than myself through uh, painting, but it felt like love, so sort of being everything. So it was nobody and everything at the same time. And I can, I, kn I know exactly where it happened. And I can, I have the painting where it happened and I can actually, I have the part of the painting where it was the first time I, I experienced um, being, being what I just described. <clears throat> I would say that I've heard other descriptions of people experiencing this through um, hallucinogens, through uh, meditation, other ecstatic states. So once I realized that I could achieve this, I started to play with how to access it on a regular basis instead of having it happen to me. So I would, when I was painting, it would take a couple hours, but I would be able to achieve this state. And then it took about an hour to come out of it. And I would have difficulty speaking when I was in these states because I, I was I wasn't in my conscious um, beta 
state of consciousness. So by, by accessing this um, opening, I was able to get information that was nonlinear, like what other people were thinking, um, uh, potential futures. By the way, the future isn't writ. We do have free will. I really like to emphasize that. People feel so disempowered, especially in these times. We have free will, and we are incredibly powerful with our thoughts and intentions. Um, I'll come back to that. I want to finish this thought. So that's how I did it through my uh, my own personal journey through my artwork. And then um, remote viewing, which is a technique Ingo Swan um, created, or uh, it, he had experiences, and then he created a what's called a protocol of how to achieve this and started a government, um, was uh, hired by the government, and they called it remote viewing and uh, became a psychic spy. The program was called um, uh, Stargate, I think. And so they would, uh, the, and the Russians, by the way, were doing the same thing. And these, uh, uh, Ingo Swan and mil military personnel were able to look at um, uh, physical installations. They were able to look at um, people and their uh, motivations. They were at the, uh, once they formulated these techniques, were able to actually um, duplicate documents and file cabinets in the, in the Kremlin. So it was uh, very, very specific. So I took this technique, which is called, um, uh, uh, well, there's different kinds, but this is uh, control, it's called controlled remote viewing. So um, CRV for short, and there's a whole community about that if anybody's interested. There's uh, Facebook sites and so forth, but it's controlled, uh, which means it has a whole, uh, all, I won't go into it, but it has very specific things. If you can imagine, it's military kind of thing. So it's sort of, um, so I learned this technique and then I made it my own and I, and I um, fused it with my, my arts. And it's what I teach people how to do. It's very easy to learn. The, um, one of the aspects of this that's um, uh, fascinating, it's telling in a sense of how complex we are and we perceive ourselves to be so limited, um, that um, um, we, through drawing, were able to uh, get information that's much more complex as opposed to uh, linear thought and verbal communication, which is in a line. <laughs> so the drawing is pre-verbal. Mm -hmm. We draw before we, we write. So there's a way more information that we can access. So that was a that was a complex way to do it. The one thing I wanted to add, and I know I'm I want to try to I tend to jump around, so I'm making myself finish complete thoughts. I do want to say, when I see people energetically, when I, I'm saying the word see in air quotes, um, so I'm perceiving them a, in a reading, because I'm opening and they're opening. Um, I don't like to do this if without, I don't do this without permission. And I, you know, don't do it in the grocery store when I'm shopping. I'm closed, because I it's too much to hear people's thoughts. And you know, a lot, you know, it's not all, it's not, it's not like you're walking around a monastery. It's, you know. <clears throat> There's some people's thoughts you probably don't want to hear. 
yeah. <laughs> I cannot take that, dang. Um, when I see people that are being creative, I do want to say this, and it's not just drawing. It's people who are using their creative um, potential. It is as if people go from being um, small to large, uh, anemic to power to healthy, um, uh, dull to bright, um, and I'm using and all those things are sort of things I see perceive know about the person. Um, it. I really believe that when we are cre using that creative potential or being creative, uh, that we're incredibly powerful. We are using all our cylinders. So between that and then focused intention, humans are way more powerful than we know we're led to believe or we're taught that we are. So this is interesting. It seems to me that one of the things you're saying is that creativity is an ecstatic spiritual experience or that it's a means to um, perhaps greater connection with the divine or, or, or higher levels of intuition. Would you say that's, uh, mm. is that what you are getting at with this yeah, that's one. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. That's one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Another aspect of it is um, I think that it's a power. So it's a power we can actually use. So, yes, we can use it to access an, an aesthetic an aesthetic state. I mean, you know, um, creativity in intimacy is one level of creativity. And certainly that's some way, that's a way of re reaching an ecstatic state. Um, but it can also, that's receiving, but it can also be used to create something both, it doesn't have to be a painting, it can be an idea. So by, by using, for example, the ancient Egyptian priests used a type of um, nodding I'm just going to give you a simple example. So in the physical realm, they're knotting a string or a piece of linen where they've written prayers. or it's, We would call this magic, but we don't understand this because it's a form, excuse me, it's an ancient form of more like alchemy, of combining our consciousness, our creativity in a physical expression or creative expression in the physical, in the third dimension, uh, we, we call it, you know, we don't know what to call it, but ancient cultures had a different way of thinking. Would, so they would, would, sorry, I, I'm just wondering if the word, I've heard the word sigil, for example, right. um, as, you know, this idea that you are um, putting a intention or positive wish into a physical thing that contains the energy of that that's right yeah and they would you, so you could do that or you can not or you can do a painting or a sculpture uh um but somehow bringing this um these this co higher consciousness through your creativity is a very powerful and effective way to change things to change this now so Actually, what um, I've started to do, and I've felt directed to do this, I've invited um, a small group of people together 
to do intention work uh, to, to try to help birth this new age. You know, we're in a vulnerable place right now. There's things, in my opinion, that are going sideways. What can one person do about it? It's only little old me and I'm a, you know, we're being told we're a, a blight on the planet, you know, and he, there's too many of us humans and, you know, overpopulation. And um, that's not what I get from my spiritual allies. We are magical, amazing beings. And uh, if we were taught to use energy in an effective way, um, if we were, if we were taught how powerful we were, um, it would be a game changer. So I'm taking what I have, my consciousness, my focus, my art, and I'm helping to, with those small group of people, uh, helping to pray for the earth, pray for a, a birthing of the divine feminine, praying for peace, praying for um, for uh, awakening. So intending slash praying. So you are um, also an animal communicator and you've said that we're here to be a steward for nature. And I think that's really connected to what you just said about how powerful we, we could be and, and we are. What do you see that we could do that's powerful or that would move us towards a, a more hopeful future than perhaps many of us believe is you know, have, have believed is possible. And um, if we, you know, if we feel like we're not powerful, we don't dream big, right? Yeah, I mean, um, well, there's lots of different things that we can do, but from a shamanic perspective, everything starts in the energetic realm first and then calcifies into the physical. So to answer your question, um we need to 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 work first energetically so that's with our consciousness and i think what i just said in a way mixing that with your in, um intention and through some kind of a ritual and um i don't think it matters whether you're a christian i mean when i look at people who are devout christians um well i don't get a lot of devout christians in my practice, but I do have friends that are devout Christians because um, of taboos around psychic work. But people who are of the of the spirit, who are um, devoted to their spiritual life, whether they're in a particular religion or whether they've made up their own religion, or uh, um, people are imbued with a much greater power um, and the awareness that we are spirits having a physical experience is empowering regardless of what flavor of religion you are. Um, so that would be the first thing, knowing how powerful you are and then bringing that, that energy into a focused um, manifestation. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Whether in some kind of spiritual ritual practice, uh, the ancients knew there were special times of the year and the, moon, the sun and the moon that uh, had focus ceremony. This isn't an accident. You know, uh, 
Now we can measure the electromagnetic field of the Earth at different times of the year. It's greater at the equinoxes. Interestingly enough, these were some of the most important ceremonies, the solstice, the equinoxes, um, and then uh, the moon, different cycles of the moon, the full moon and the new moon. We have a 28-day cycle. It's split by 14 and split again by 7. That's where we get our week. The ancients did, um, especially the, the great maternal cultures, when God, God was a, uh, a great mother, a cosmic mother. Um, these, in these uh, powerful matriarchal, um, which are uh, um, communities and civilizations which are older than any the short time we've had a patriarchy. Um, these were these ceremonies were held at different stages of the moon, and I it's my contention that the ancients weren't stupid that they knew that their prayer work and their ritual and their ceremony had a greater effect if it was done at a new moon or a full moon as opposed to some random Sunday. So um, if you want to start, you know, uh, changing this reality, um, that's a great place to start. Those few things that I've said is realizing that the spark of the divine is within you. Um, I, I do believe the Bible verse that says uh, we are made in God's image uh, is not that, that God is a, we really returned the, returned the favor and put, made God in our image and that God is a bipedal humanoid, perhaps that we were made in God ima God's image means that we are creators also, that we are baby creators, and that this is a, a force that we can use. We have free will, but we can focus this for the good. I mean, for heaven's sakes, there's so much dark energy on the planet right now. Um, these, these energies know what they're doing and um, have certainly... We've been educated to, to believe that these this knowledge this is taboo, it's evil, we shouldn't go near it. That's nonsense. I mean, we have, throughout this planet, we have great temples, church, and churches built on older temples and archaeological sites, and stone circles that align with these uh, natural holidays of the sun and the moon. And they, they can actually... Uh, change the um, electromagnetic fields of the earth by where they're placed and they're all connected in a grid there's a grid work we're called ley lines um, on the earth this this is a this is a living system this is called uh, the ancient it's called the Gaia principle now in the ancient world it was the obvious knowledge that the mother earth is alive all things are alive so so perhaps we're witnessing the return of older magical practices and the efficacy of them, among other things. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, the Internet is, has brought us and unearthed for those people who are interested in investigating this ancient knowledge that has been hidden deep within mystery schools. And uh, you couldn't get to it unless you were a man. You couldn't get to it unless you've been practicing it for 40, you were 40 years old or you've been practicing for 40 years or whatever. Um, and you were part of a system. Now 
if you if you roll up your sleeves and do some investigation it's very interesting what you can discover about these ancient mysteries that have power to them uh, the dark side there's also a dark side to all this information is that there that people are hypnotized by programming and distracted by uh, nonsense um, that uh, and I see people's souls being hijacked by the way um, there's a bit of hijacking going on here so in a way um, I'm so grateful that you I mean I'm so grateful that you've invited me to speak here so in a way I'm sort of hijacking this myself and and getting this message through to people is you are amazing you are a power a powerful you are a little uh god or goddess because within you is the the you've got creation within you and you've got free will on how to use it so please consider um waking up and using your great and beautiful power for uh, making a wonderful change in this world let's let's be the midwives of this new era for our our grandchildren Mm -hmm. I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is the Shaman's Notebook. And today I've been speaking with psychic intuitive, shamanic healer, and visual artist Jane DeForest. If people want to find out more about your work and how to connect to you, where can they go? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, if you're interested in a session, I have in-person sessions at New Renaissance Bookshop in Portland, Oregon. I also do my sessions online and uh, it works very well because the information I'm I'm gleaning is non-local so it works fine over the internet and um, I've written a book called Love Never Dies uh, so, uh, 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 and that's available both at my website and at Amazon and um, that's probably the easiest way but if you can't remember janesinspiration.com. Just Google Jane DeForest and all my information will come up. Great. And one other thing, I know that in addition to personal readings at New Renaissance that you sometimes uh, do events there as well um, via Zoom. Could you talk about some of the events that you might be doing um, this year? Yeah, sure. Um, I typically teach um, a couple of courses. One is a uh, I incorporate art in all of the things that I teach. So you don't have to be an artist. It could be doodling. Um, shamanic journey and art where I take people on a guided journey, several journeys, including how to journey, um, soul retrieval, which is uh, collecting parts and pieces of your soul that have been lost in, in trauma, and, um, and connecting to your spiritual allies, all very important in this time. Another course that I teach is um, intuition and art, and I teach how to access your information through the chakras. We have many, many different types of intuition. Um, they, it's funny because it seems like we're taught we've got, well, we've got clairvoyance and clairsentience, and we've got um, uh, empathy, empathy, we can feel people's empaths. Uh, but there's so much more. There's so many other. I mean, my husband is an amazing um, weather psychic. He can smell snow three days away. You know, all people have all different kinds of intuitions. Um, so I teach that. 
have other courses I teach like planting by the moon. I'm a gardener and I just love uh, the moon and different cycles. If you'd like to keep abreast of what I'm doing, please check on my website or um, some, sometimes it's through New Renaissance, sometimes it's not. So. Great. Well, thank you so much um, for being on the Shaman's Notebook today. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure. It was nice to meet you. I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. I bring you new perspectives on healing from energy, medicine practitioners, shamans, intuitives, scientists, and psychics who are changing the way we think, feel, and heal. I'm Suzanne Legrand, and you've been listening to The Shaman's Notebook. For more insights and adventures into healing, subscribe below and visit me at SuzanneLegrand.com.